0: Monday, the 3rd of February, 2020. My name's Alex Elliott, and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened, and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Daniel Svavason, Chief Economist at Landsbonkin, and by David Roj Gunnarsson from roofs Culture and Arts desks, uh, desk. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're lucky this week to have news that's relevant to both the guests on the show. Um, for example, we have the news that unemployment growth last year was lower than forecast. Um, and also that we're on a li- online for a return to economic growth this year, although factors including the Wuhan coronavirus and Brexit are both complicating matters. Um, public sector workers are getting serious about industrial action, including Epling members who work for the city of Reykjavik, who will start their strike action tomorrow. The famous outdoor clothing brand Zintamani has gone bankrupt. And there is a serious threat that the popular Bio Paradis independent cinema will be forced to also close its doors at the start of May. In more positive film news, Hildur Grødnadottir won a BAFTA for her score to Joker last night, and it's less than a week until she finds out if she's won the Oscar as well. Widespread po- protest over the weekend has led to the Justice Ministry slightly tweaking the immigration rules to stop a seven-year-old and his parents being deported today after 26 months in Iceland. It is the latest in a string of high profile deportation cases involving vulnerable children. And Grindavik continues to shake with dozens of earthquakes per day. Um, Still, scientists say a volcanic eruption in the area is the least likely outcome. So, where would you like to begin?
1: Yeah. Daniel, (laughs) unemployment. Take it away. Happy Uh, (laughs) Monday. Yeah, uh, well um when uh, when uh, wow air fell uh, the I mean the forecasts were that uh, we might see a pretty large spike in unemployment we were actually expecting that the numbers of foreign tourist arrivals could contract much more than they actually did Um we've had some, uh, positive developments, uh, there was a, a 14% decrease in, in the arrivals last year. But on the other hand, uh, the tourists that uh, did come, they seem to have been, uh, they stayed longer uh, mm-hmm. and they were spending uh, more and that seems to have softened the blow uh, for the sector. But. Uh, The sector is nevertheless going through some difficulties, uh, like we're seeing, for example, with this uh, clothing brand, Sintamani, which is uh, I suspect uh, catered a lot to the uh, tourists uh, coming to Iceland. Mm. So we have seen a significant increase in the unemployment rate, but it, it could be worse. Let's put it like that.
0: And what makes analysts like you positive about this year?
1: Well, um, we economists, we were not really uh, often described as posit- uh, mm-hmm. positive people, but uh, I mean, there are some upsides and there are some downsides. Like you mentioned, uh, the, this virus, that's not very good news. Uh, we've been looking for uh, the capelin as well. We haven't found any capelin yet. That the, that would have been a, a nice positive to um, start a year with, but mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, it seems that we... We're probably not going to find any capling this year
0: which is a type of fish by the way
1: exactly <laughs> okay i fish. was like <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea lona and Icelandic. Yeah. Oh, okay okay. Uh, and uh Air is probably not going to be able to you uh, take uh, their um, max uh, boeing max planes uh, uh, in f- for for the start of this season so i mean there's a lot of things going against us but um On the other hand, I mean, the the employment figures, they are strong and we are seeing signs, for example, that the private consumption is holding up better than we uh, were expecting. Uh, We have uh, kind of like short-term data, uh, the credit card um, turnover data for uh, November and December was uh, stronger than we were expecting. Mm -hmm. So it seems that uh, uh, the households, they are still spending and and, um, that will help the economy going forward. But we're not expect, expecting a, a great turnaround this year. I think we, we, I would be very happy if we see a 2% GDP growth this year. That would be very good. And do we have any
0: figures, any idea yet what the contraction was last year?
1: No, uh, the n- numbers are not in for that yet. They, they will come in uh, mid-February. Uh, the first like preliminary figures. But uh, as it looks today, uh, for the first three quarters, the economy was growing only by 0.2%. Mm-hmm. Uh, our forecast for the year as a whole, we're expecting maybe a half a percent uh, contraction. But uh, I know, you know, the minus half or plus half, it doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, it's only like these are very rough figures. So, but what we know is that the economy cooled very significantly. We were coming down from five plus uh, growth down to basically zero. So that's a pretty significant cooling off.
0: Mm. Has there been any changes on on the street in people's daily lives? Because obviously, that, ten years ago in the banking crash, we all noticed it so much. This time, no, not so much. At least, I haven't.
1: No, no. no. I think. I mean, it's very important for people to keep their jobs. I mean, even though we have seen this uh, uh, jump in unemployment, it's m- approximately two percentage points higher uh, this time uh, now than it was at the same time last year. Uh, on the other hand, there's also uh, interesting to when we dive into the figures uh, it's almost half of the people unemployed now are foreigners foreign workers so it seems to be kind of unevenly distributed it's hitting the construction sector and the mm. tourism sector which is uh, overrepresented by uh, foreign workers so uh, it's hitting different groups differently
2: mm. I remember after like the last recession most of my friends they started smoking rolling rolling Tobacco. tobacco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it was way cheaper. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but then after they had like drank like two peers, then they always came to me for my factory cigarettes.
1: Yeah.
2: Because they didn't bother to mm. make them. But now none of my friends are smoking roll tobacco rolling tobacco.
1: Not yet. No, not <laughs> at
2: least. <laughs> so I haven't noticed.
0: Probably fewer of your friends smoke at all these days. I don't know. It seems like there's that's gone down in the last ten mm, years too. Yeah, no, yeah, we're yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Well, OK, good. So it's 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 a positive spin on what is bad news. I mean, unemployment going up is obviously a bad thing, but it could yeah, be
1: Yeah, I mean, we in Iceland were used to having very low unemployment figures. Uh, you know, 2% is kind of like uh, almost like the norm in Iceland, while in, in the European Union, I mean, they would love four or five percent, that's uh, very low for them. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're way below the OECD average uh, still. Like how, how much is it now? In, in Iceland? Yeah. It's, it's around four percent. Four percent. There are two institutions measuring the unemployment. It's Vindemola uh, Stopna, uh, which pays out the benefits. So uh, they, they count the people that have the right to uh, unemployment. claim unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Hackstone, the Statistical Bureau. They, mm-hmm. they uh, call up uh, a sample of people each month and ask them if, they, they, first of all, if they, they uh, ha- have employment and secondly, uh, if they're looking actively looking for unemployment so they can measure uh, the size of the labor force as well. So these uh, two measures are not giving the exact same reading at uh, the... Uh, the Vinimóla uh, stopnut numbers are higher, slightly higher, uh, so there's always some sampling bias. And so but I mean like 2% unemployment
2: rate, that's like no uh, unemployment,
1: right? Yeah, basically. Uh, basically, because, because yeah.
2: people are in between jobs. Yeah, it and it takes I mean, time it's to find yeah. a
1: new employment, and of course. Sure. Mm-hmm. But 4%, it's, uh, that, that's it's starting to hurt a little bit. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, there's loads on the agenda today, so maybe we should move on to something else. Um... Maybe, well, I think the most important story of the weekend, at least, was about the the family that didn't get deported this morning. And I don't know if either of you either signed the petition or went to the protest or anything like that. But it was everyone was talking about it, weren't they?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I was very pleased to see it got a, a happy ending. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's 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 horrible to uproot people that have. All, like the, the, uh, uh, they had been here for like 18 months or something <laughs> and uh, the boy was speaking fluent Icelandic and it's like uh, it was completely silly to turn away people this. the latest in a string of inhumane,
2: insane computers has no abortations yeah. by, by an institution that seems to be like, I don't know. Indifferent. Mm, yeah. Mm. And just seems to have the only the only point of it is to find technical legalities to get people who are not from Europe
1: out of the country I think they they sometimes get unfairly treated because I mean they are they have a job to enforce the will of the politicians I think we we should be focusing more on criticism towards Uh, the politicians
2: it, it it, it isn't just that it isn't like they also have some leeway and they've often been shown to take as extreme measures as they can it's and and i don't know if, if i interviewed uh, the head of division at the um,
0: Directorate of immigration um last year mm-hmm. and i uh, put that point to him and he said he said yeah there is some room for interpretation and some like there's some, it's but there's never one individual that takes decisions on things, and then he said that they do have the um, the appeals committee, which is independent and that that can overturn decisions. So in his opinion, he said the system works. Um,
2: obviously, you disagree with that. I mean, uh, if 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 the point of the system is to keep people out of the country, then mm. it works.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it takes way too long for them to reach uh, decision. So, I mean, if if they're not, the system should be like if they, if you don't manage to like close the case within the next number of months, you basically automatically get the right to stay, something like that. I mean, and
0: that's what the Ministry of Justice changed this weekend. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They seem to have made some adjustment there. Yeah. there's... the maximum amount of time for processing has gone down from 18 months to 16. But then in the next paragraph of the news, it says that the family, the Mohammed and his family, the seven year old guy, the child, they've been here for 26 months,
1: 26 months. Wow.
0: Yeah, uh, I think one of the big things about this story is not just this family, although really important that they got a result. But how many times this happens? Um, This is not the first time that people have been up in arms about throwing children out of the country. No. Mm.
2: And I also think people should not stop caring about other people after they turn 18. Also true. Mm. Yeah, this
1: keeps happening. And And those are just the cases that, you know, come up and and become, like, uh, get the attention of the media. I I, uh, suppose there are a lot of cases that never... Never, never, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's -hmm. just, like, the tiniest tip probably of the iceberg
0: yep people on the other side of the argument would say that if there weren't tough barriers in place that just everyone would move here and then I mean obviously that's not going to happen but there has to be some level of control doesn't there
2: yeah definitely there have to be some some rules but but, uh, now it's if you're not from the European Union you basically can't Come here, and I th- mm. think that's inhumane and stupid and
0: insane.
2: Mm. And, and a, a one piece of criticism I've heard
0: several times is that we give student visas out happily, mm. and we're educating these people, and they learn Icelandic and things, and then they have then, to leave and Then we kick them out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's which is kind of shooting yourself in the foot when it comes to even an economic point of view. People want to
2: live and work yeah, like, talking about, like, uh, the politician versus uh, the people just doing their job in the uh, in- integration office, like, I rem- especially rem- remember one case about some, like, Canadian guy who, like, moved here and, like, learned, like, flew with Icelandic in, like, one year or something. And then when he finished his university degree, they kicked him out. And there was, like, there was not, like, any requirement in the law about that. Mm. Th- that was just, like they just enforced it really harshly. Like Pavel Bartasek wrote an article about this at the time. It was like a like, lot of stupid cases like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think-, think obviously you should be angry at the politicians, but I think it's all right to be
1: angry at bureaucrats too-, bureaucrat too. And I think many of them deserve it. I think, uh, I mean, I studied uh, for a while in the US and there was like, when I got my student visa, it was very clear that after I finished my studies, I would have to leave the country. Uh, so I, I, this is not like an Icelandic unique thing. Uh, yeah, it has something to do with brain drain, for example, that they don't want to, for example, if if you're... Uh, but they don't want to drain the brains of other countries. Yeah, I, th- I thought basically. that would be like <laughs> beneficial to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be very... Yeah, maybe a selfish point of view for for example for the USA when they have like the best universities and then they pick the best students from Asia and Africa and other and countries and, and and they want to keep them for themselves instead of them going back and, and applying their knowledge. In so is countries. it like
2: the, out of the count, kindness of their heart that they kick these people out of the country because they don't want to steal them from their home countries? In theory. I find that very <laughs> yes, but, but in very practice banal. it's and very
1: easy to get around it. You get Two years, and, and if you are man, if you manage to demonstrate that you have unique uh, skills, and you uh, get, have a job offer, they they usually uh, allow you to stay. But um, in in theory, you're supposed to leave after after you finish your studies.
0: Mm-hmm. Slightly different tack on this. Um, how much the, how much risk do we have of compassion fatigue um, over these cases? Said there's been several big. Complaints, big protests about children and, and young children and families being thrown out of the country, and people are still getting up and they're going out into the streets and they're signing petitions. What happens if this happens a hundred times? Do people stop caring, and then they can just get on with it quietly, or, or do you think people would always care and always stand up for
2: what's Right? Like Hopefully, people will always care if you like, if you take like a close-up photo of like a seven-year-old boy and like, this is Muhammad. They are kicking him out. I mean, people. Mm will care I think. But I
0: don't know. Yeah. But maybe the, the, maybe the law should be changed Obviously. immediately to not put that theory to the test. Obviously. yeah. Um, we have a government led by the left greens at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, one would have thought that they would have been further up this agenda but of course the the, the Justice Ministry isn't under that party. And also, another question, how much does party politics matter in this at all?
2: It doesn't seem to matter at all. I mean, uh, the left government, the leftist government, like, after the recession, they hardly changed a thing in this. Mm. And, I mean, it's very strange, even though, like, the parties that are in the opposition always, like, at least maybe for the past, like, ten years or or something have, like, are really... Often, like, talk very starkly against it, but like, that doesn't seem to at least take no like radical changes between whether there's a right or left government. So, when you get Um, voted into power, the
0: change doesn't happen.
1: No, but traditionally in Iceland, when you have a coalition government, then they kind of divide the ministries between them. it, it, the tradition has been that if if, if your if your party has that ministry, basically the other parties won't, you know, interfere. It, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's kind of strange because I mean, if you're prime minister, you're basically the boss of them all. Yeah, you're supposed to, but uh, this has been the tradition in Iceland. If you have a fishing ministry, then basically your party goes Sure has, you know. yeah. but but that—that's like the executive power. I mean, the real power lies within uh, Althingi, with legislative power. So um, there, you should see like uh, the, the focus should be more more distributed, so to say.
0: And it seems like the parties involved that get the ministries when the government is elected, they always get the ministries that are most relevant to their party, the ones that are most important to their party. Like yep. it would be—it would be very weird if the this Fólkreðin had the environment ministry and the left greens had the economics ministry. Mm-hmm.
2: But maybe
0: they should do it that way. Maybe they should yeah. force them to... Sh- maybe <laughs> they should do it as a lottery.
1: But, there are the, you know, they are, for example, the finance ministry is always very, like, a very attractive um, ministry to get in the sense of power. The foreign ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the most unpopular ministry to get is the the, the health ministry. <laughs> Even in, yeah, 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 it yeah. doesn't matter how much goodwill you have you Mm -hmm. you're never able to
2: yeah landsby is always fucked up yeah (laughs) you will
0: never have enough money to
1: sort that out (laughs) you're always being popular indeed
0: well let's maybe talk about bio paradis yes because it's only one little cinema but it means so much more than that it's the the only art house independent cinema in the country and it does brilliant things Mm -hmm. very popular Mm -hmm. and it might have to close down because the rent's going up Mm
2: -hmm. what do we think of that it's a shame business as usual like the big big uh, big housing companies like raising rent like two times over the course of a night Mm. and I mean nothing you can nothing you can run nothing in downtown Reykjavik except like uh, tourist stuff and yeah i think that's insane and i also think they're talking about l- that they are going to like they want a reasonable rent from uh the cinema and and then they just like cite some like medium per square meter in the downtown area not like taking into effect that this is like a huge um uh, gemalt like a huge uh, yeah, it's like very big, mm-hmm. and it's not like for you can't like have just like anything in there. It's a very specialized house, and and they are just like yeah. I just I, I think and I think it's really strange. People are just like yeah, they want like reasonable rent, but what is reasonable rent? Mm. There are like many places in downtown that have been like just like empty for like a year or something. I is mean, that because but- the r- rental companies are asking for? reasonable rent and what what is that like everything is like leveraged up to the wazoo like when they buy it and, and they're just like yeah yep Reason, by reasonable they mean average and
0: average is is arguably way too high downtown isn't it yes
1: yeah I, I don't really know the economics behind it but uh, I mean I think it's a, it's a it's a shame if they have to close down because it's a very interesting place and it's been providing a very uh, good service and um, maybe they've been underpricing the tickets I don't know maybe there's some room to to raise the ticket prices or something mm. but uh, like you said this is very specialized housing so i have difficulty see what else they're gonna put in there I mean
0: You'd probably have to knock it down wouldn't you
2: they've the, the building
0: put something else there like who wants massive rooms with no windows? Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> well, well, I can imagine some sort of, like, ice cave for tourists or or, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Or, like, some, like... Uh, or something, like, like in the other cinema house, uh, Bio... Uh, Bio Borken on Yeah, There is some kind of, like, showing, like, volcano oh, yeah, yeah, thingies yeah. or something like that. But
1: yeah.
2: I, I don't know but yeah it's, it's a it's a shame, and also i mean uh of course the city council should increase their like uh their grants to the cinema it's like the grants are like seventeen million a year and if and if uh, the rent is like gonna like go t- twice or something, then at least uh what, what i've read about it it means that it would need something like 15 million or something extra a year into the into the business mm. and like then the total would be like around 30 million and i mean uh just uh, the grants to borger legosith uh, are 600 million a year and they like own the house i think so it's mm. 600 million just into the business and i mean and that's like was that Borca, like, or was and that's like so then it would be if they would like put 15 million or something more it would be five percent of mm. what they put into Borca, like said, mm. every year mm. Mm. and i think that's like to not do it would be insane and if not just because of like they're actually having this uh european uh Cinema awards in Reykjavik, like next uh, this autumn. Okay. And it would ju- just be like embarrassing for a Diopia and, and Hjalmar to be having like cocktail parties with all these guys from the movie industry, like, oh yeah, yeah, these movies. Like, okay, none of them was actually showed here in Iceland, but uh,
1: <laughs>
2: I mean. That's a very
0: good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, parties does get. Subsidies from not only the city but also from the state. So mm-hmm. they could both increase it by a small amount. And yeah, I mean, Borgarleikurseid, the the symphony orchestra. There are many things that do get a lot more money than this. Uh, why is it important, though? What does the Bioparadies mean to the Icelandic film industry?
1: Well, there's your different types of films there maybe uh, perhaps like less commercial films but uh, I, I was still kind of annoyed when I go to movies at B.O. parties they still have the, the um, ads I was hoping in the beginning <laughs> yeah yeah. it would be optimal actually if you pay for a ticket that you basically not have to be powered ads, by yeah. Yeah, but well, that was probably
2: I mean okay the show films led, like from other places in America and Britain obviously the show like older classic films, both in uh, Svartusunudar, they've been showing, like, classic films there, and then also by, they've also been showing, like, more commercial, but, like, still, like, older films in these uh, Friday screenings where Mm. people just go and have a beer and have a party. And it's also been, like, sort of like a hub for just, like, the Icelandic film industries, like, uh, or, like, for... Uh, films that are not like distributed by sena or Sampien. It's like for documentaries uh, short films mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that and things they,
0: that wouldn't get shown anywhere else
2: yeah mm. and they have also been like the only cinema that caters to uh, the Polish population in in Iceland they've been like and that uh, I've heard has been massively po- popular that they've been showing just like some mainstream, like uh, comedies or something, from Poland in mm. Polish. Obviously, there's like twenty thousand Polish inhabitants here. I think, mm. and so, yeah. obviously they want, like, they want to go and see, go to the cinema and see films in their own language. And stuff. That's really good. They've also been like uh, educating like uh, students from both elementary schools and uh, and high schools have been coming for like classes
1: to watch like old classic films and mm. but, yeah. but, but i guess this like a part of a global trend i mean uh, the, the film industry and and uh, film sector is is bo- booming but it's also changing a lot with all these streaming services like netflix and amazon prime and apple tv i mean you can basically watch everything from home now and and so movie theaters they they are kind of finding themselves, that they have to reinvent themselves and find other means of income. And so I guess this is probably not just a, a problem here in uh, in, um, Iceland, in Iceland, but, um, no. but it will be interesting to, to see someone come up with a creative solution that would uh, enable them to, to remain in business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I suspect that however it works out in the end, these next three months for them are going to be very busy because people are going yeah. to want to you know,
2: you don't realize what you've got till it's gone. That sort of thing. But I just think it would be, like, embarrassing if the city council would not come up with, like, 14 million or something. It's just the latest in this trend that has been, like, like NASA went. They, like, paved over hjartakarðurinn. They're just, like, constant, like, uh, just, like, of uh, arts and thriving city life Mm that is getting, like, bulldozed over by the tourism sector. And yeah, it's just it's and tu- embarrassing, and it's and it's embarrassing
0: for the tourism sector as well. Because yeah, the tourists because want uh, tourists
2: to- want 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 art and culture. They don't don't just want to watch other tourists. I mean, it's
0: mm. absolutely. Mm. Well, on that note, um, I think we should probably end because the time has run away from us rather quickly. Um, just very quickly, um, do keep up with news on Rud English if you were hoping to hear about. It the um, uncertainty warning about the volcanic activity on Reykjanes, but there is no news at the moment, apart from the fact that Grindavik is still shaking. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the Week in Iceland will be back next Monday. The th- I, I put here the 3rd, that's today. Next Monday, that'll be the 10th of February um, on roof.as forward slash English, roof English on Facebook, through the roof app and your favourite podcast platform. My thanks this week to Daniel Svavason and David roach Gunnason, as well as to David Bernson for running the studio. This week's Icelandica um, is a song called Sisi by Ludnar. It's from the 1994 comedy film Med Alta and it's been played at almost every house party and dance ever since then. Um, enjoy, and bye for now.